0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: Hello and welcome to the Whistleblower Podcast. I'm your host Mark Smith. I'm here as ever with the boys, the lads, the top eggs: Martin Gritton, Gareth Dobson. How are you both, Grits?
2: Yo, great to be back, Mark. Just you know, yes. delighted. We're we're through January. Yeah, every yes. you know, it, it is normally a, a shorter month, but. Uh, We'll wait to see what happens during this one, but yeah, no, <laughs> anything
1: can happen. Yeah, happy. Gareth, you're I'm right. I'm glad
2: to be back chatting to you, of course, mate.
0: Of
1: course, I'm Gareth. Great. You
2: okay?
0: uh, happy, happy Groundhog Groundhog Day Eve. Groundhog. Oh, is Groundhog it? Groundhog Day Eve. Is it the actual Groundhog Day on the second? Pugsy Tony. Yes, Pugs Tony Phil is coming out tomorrow. Let's disco.
1: Yeah, I don't mind that actually Uh, So Groundhog Day tomorrow Today, crucially as Gritz alluded to There is uh, February the 1st Which this year is Transfer Deadline Day The most wonderful day of the year um, Apart from all the other days I don't like transfer deadline day, and I especially don't like transfer deadline day in this window. Um, anyone with me on this? Do you think it's a waste of time? What's happening? Especially this time around, because there is literally nothing happening.
2: Chris, what do you make of it? Do you care? Yeah, it's a load of nonsense now, isn't it? I mean, the I, I particularly enjoy the Brexit work permit scenario, where it's back to I don't even remember the early incarnations of Champ Manager when you had to wait a couple of <laughs> weeks till you had yeah. your permit turned down because you bought a Costa Rican international, and now. We have to do that with French players, so um, that's a little bit depressing. That's really um, good, and it is. Yeah, it's just I think businesses, I believe it or not, Premier League's become a little bit more professional at the top end. They run more like businesses, and they realise that it's absolute nonsense.
1: Yeah, I mean Gareth, do you echo that, or, or is there still a part of you which uh, feels a little bit like a kid on Christmas morning? I. I have still
0: checked the the live blogs like once or twice yes. so far today and I hope that something has happened. I guess as a derby fan you, you you've got some stuff going on.
1: Uh yeah, yeah we have. It looks like we're bringing in three players, um letting a couple go out. But it's not look, it's not it's not an exciting time at derby at the minute because of the league position. But I think generally speaking it's it's hard a lot of the time to get excited about players coming in on deadline day in in the winter window i just think it's uh, it very rarely works out if a player's moving it's because they're not playing generally speaking to to a club like derby especially so it's hard to get excited about players that haven't been playing much football coming to your club i, I don't know i don't know I, I think it's a very different feeling to normal windows because you know in the summer at least you've had uh, all these storylines especially with the bigger clubs the storylines of willie won't he but, uh, but no, only, I just I just don't care about it.
0: The only percolating storyline was uh, was that of Olivier Giroud, who was going to be on the move, and he's you know found himself in the first team enough that he's obviously going to going to stick tight. So even when you can't move thirty four year old French
1: internationals, that yeah. shows where we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's right. So that's that's I guess the totem of the year so far. Transfer deadline day, and none of us care about it. Uh, that clicking sound, I think that's you, Grits, isn't it? As you're clicking through your computer to verify any nonsense you say.
2: Yeah, pretty much that. And i have just, you know, when you talk, I just zone out and read other things. So, um, you know, it's, I just this this Use is this is for the listeners. Use your
1: trackpad for God's sake.
2: Oh yeah, I've got that. Yeah, great. God, it's like having your dad on a luddite dad on the call. So, um, yeah. Yeah, no, listen, I'll stop clicking, mate. I was just literally bringing up no, no, the, uh, the Premier League result table. Don't worry. I was, I'll... I was,
1: all I was doing, I was, I was setting the scene for the listener. So they <laughs> want to know where you are, what you're doing. Obviously, trousers off, pants off. Donald ducking, Donald ducking <laughs> by the window. <laughs> just right, should so we talk like... about some football then, some actual yep. football? Okay, because uh, Gareth, we'll start with you because you are a Spurs fan. You're a resident Spurs fan. Uh, and it's been up and down for you. Whenever we have you on the show, which is every week, I feel like I don't know what I'm going to get. Don't know what I'm going to talk about, and then we talk about Spurs, and I'm and even more. I'm even more clueless because they are <laughs> all over the place at the moment. And maybe, actually, you know what? Maybe that's not true. Maybe they're not all over the place. Maybe they are completely consistent now because it's been like this since probably early December. Gareth, take us through it. We we had Spurs Liverpool midweek, and then we had that absolute horror show of Spurs Brighton uh, yesterday on Sunday. What do you make of it? Are you on the ledge still? Do you need to be talked down? It's,
0: um, yeah, I think when you throw in the fact that uh, we've got uh, Chelsea on Thursday, it's probably not going to be a great week, uh, all told. I think it's, you know, it it went from bad to worse from, you know, with Kane hobbling off, which usually signifies the end of our our, our league campaigns when it happens pretty much dead on this time every year. (laughs) You can set your watch to his ankle. Yeah, but both ankles this time. I know. I mean, he, he's 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 ascending to new heights of uh, ankle-based uh, injuries. It, it's phenomenal. Pugs Tony is Harry, isn't it?
2: Coming at yeah, yeah, and
0: he's 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 for <laughs> new Darren Anson. He's timed it perfectly, so he'll be fully fit for any major international tournaments in the summer. Um, I mean, I'm obviously. I'm being flippant, uh, Harry Kane is, is phenomenal. And when you lose him, it's a big deal. But I don't think it should be such a big deal that you pretty much fail to have a shot on goal for you know, one and a half games of football.
1: Yeah, it's difficult, isn't it? I, it the thing with Kane is that you... It's sort of a, a bit of a sort of meme now, isn't it? I remember saying to friends of mine in November that Spurs are going to have to be 10 points clear before Harry Kane gets injured in February. And he got injured just before Feb, so egg on my face. But <laughs> I think it's, it's very difficult to watch Spurs at the minute. I remember Mark Webster. Mark Webster? We all know Mark Webster. Oh, yeah. Right. Founder pod, of this podcast. Podfather. I believe, yeah. yeah. Um, he said last season, when it was sort of kicking off with, with Mourinho and some of his squad, that what we were getting was a condensed Mourinho. And his phrase was, it was microwave Mourinho. Where we're getting all the three years that he normally spends, we're getting it condensed, and we're getting it all put into one nice little package where we get every range of his emotions, followed by his inevitable sacking under a cloud. And it does—it really, really, it really feels like that at the moment. How close do you think he is to losing his job, or is that completely out of the question because of the size of the contract that he's on and the fact that Levy won't want to? he just he, he won't want to blink on a deal like that, will he? Uh, Grits, let's start yeah. with you. Yeah, I, I,
2: I mean, I don't think he's going anywhere.
1: Uh, I, I,
2: they just they're attacking options in terms of how the way, the style that they're lined up to play. I mean, even then, it felt like it was like, oh, their son and Kane had decided to sort it out themselves rather than yeah. an actually attacking strategy. So as a manager, it just kind of it just goes along. I don't know, and he'll blame the players not being good enough or whatever else. His his social media output has always it's kind of piqued my interest now because it's actually given him a bit of a personality, even though is that what you're clicking it's on. It's devoid of personality, and no, I'm not clicking anymore. I'm using the trackpad, um, <laughs> so <it's, laughs> um, I I I can't seem getting rid of him. I not I think Levy as well. He's a stubborn. He's a he's a stubborn chairman, and he I, I can't. He's not a knee jerk reactionist, is he, Gareth?
0: No, I think he's. You know, he'll take a longer term view, and I think he'll. I think he's in thrall to Mourinho as well. If you saw in the All or Nothing documentary, he looks at him with the sort of starry eyes mm. that Levy doesn't normally have for for his employees. So I do think <laughs> he's, up, so. He's, he's under the spell a little bit. The what is interesting is. This is pretty much to the to the you know, to the day, this is where Spurs were last year. It got to February, they had a terrible run of results, Kane got injured, Son got injured, they had this ignominious exit to February, and then without being flippant, they were saved by a pandemic. They they had a full yeah. reset, got their players back. But things were looking very poor. And maybe what's worrying is that if this cycle continues to repeat itself, then you know, it doesn't bode well going forward. It brings into question you know how Mourinho is sort of managing the squad, how they're dealing with the tactics, and you know how also you know tact- tactically flexible he is. Because you know what Spurs can do with Kane is very different to probably what they'll do without
1: him. So they need to they need to change things up. Yeah, you mentioned there, Gareth, the spell that Jose has Levy under, and this is why Jose breaks so many hearts. It's because he is so charming, and because his players do certainly at some point in their careers want to run through brick walls for him. And because he's so charismatic off the field, people like Levy, powerful guys like Levy, still fall in love with him. And so when it goes wrong, and when he has has no other option, no other alternative other than to sack him, it is complete heartbreak. And that can manifest itself in a couple of ways. That's why you have so many Chelsea fans who now hate Jose, and the other half who still love him. And it's just so, it's such a, a, a divided opinion on Jose because of that. So that star quality is the thing that that will knife you in the back in the end, and yeah, it's a very difficult thing to get out
0: of. He, you know, he's managerial hot crumpet. He's the, he's the sort of you know feisty Latin <laughs> lover that you you think Don't about. Fall in love with me, later. kid. That's what you should say. Exactly, and like you know, like you said, the fans who hate him—they only hate him because they still secretly love him. Absolutely, uh, because when it's going well, when he's on your side, he is brilliant. You know, when he's on, as they say, he's absolutely on. He's fantastic. You, know, I. I am probably, I think, quite a notorious sceptic at this point in these circles. But even I have weekends where I watch his interviews, Spurs have 1-3-0, and you, you know, you're chucking along, you know, like, oh, oh, Jose, um, you know, he's got it. But when things sour, they sour quickly. And sometimes it does look like he stares into the abyss too long and, and, and doesn't pull back.
1: Yeah, um, looking at the Spurs side... Um there are certainly some weaknesses in there, but there are some top-level players. I wonder, Grits, do you think this is a better squad than Jose had with United, uh, particularly mm. the season where they finished sort of second with Latam and
2: a Good question. I, I think this Spurs team should know a little bit more about playing together. I think the the the, the best players usually pick themselves in this Spurs team. I didn't know what yeah. his best team was at United at that time. There wasn't, enough settled uh starters um, there wasn't much of a squad was there
1: is, no. there's, there's a handful of good players
2: but definitely this Spurs this team has that you talk about there is quality players in you know, there, there are but the difference is but, you know they they don't have goals coming from all over the pitch uh, or, or even like yeah. a variety of players. <laughs> they're just so reliant on their big players that when they're out and we saw yeah. this, I mean, I know we'll come on to it in a bit, but Leicester being a kind of, a, you know, a slightly smaller version there, uh, or oh, well, maybe not in terms of the league table, but you know, in terms of how they were reliant on, on a couple of players and how it really affects when they're not there and the rest of the team not yeah. picking up the yeah. slack
1: uh okay we're talking about squad players uh Spurs we're gonna have to mention them at some point Gareth um Gareth bale man Gareth I mean, I don't Gareth. Gareth on hot hot Gareth on Gareth action here on the whistleblowers <laughs> um I don't know what to say about him man it's, it's I, I've been I've been sticking up for him for a long time um he hasn't played many minutes so that's obviously going to reflect itself in, in the way he plays and and his his match fitness but he doesn't look anything like match sharp. Um, he's obviously not got any pace anymore, but I think that's been the case for a couple of years at least. But he seems com- to be completely ineffectual. Um, I was very surprised that they started him ahead of Vinicius, and I think it backfired. Discuss. It, it So ahead of the game in, in, on Sky Sports in the
0: studio, there was quite a, a fierce debate between Jamie Redknapp and Graham Graeme and Graham Souness was doing that, you know, sort of implying that maybe he doesn't want it anymore. You know, how serious is he, is he taking this, which, uh, desire. yeah, desire, you know, the, the usual Souness tosh, but, um, yeah. And Jamie Renner think got actually quite upset. He, you know, I think partly because he, he knows him a little bit, but also I think, you know, if you're a professional football, when that's questioned, it obviously, you know, that, that hurts. Um, I don't think that bail, I don't think he's on holiday. I don't think he's slacking off. I think, like you said, unfortunately, physically, he's just not capable of the rigours of, yeah. of Premier League football. And, you know, maybe in some ways the Premier League was the worst possible league for him to come back to, given its demands. Like, he was, at his peak, he was more of an athlete than a footballer. And he was a brilliant footballer, but it was his athleticism that really stood out. You know, he 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 didn't, Beat players so much as like surge through them or or or, or just you know slice past. Yeah, the, them. the
1: the strength of the running when you you think he was at top speed, yeah. and he could yeah. maintain that for eighty ninety yards, unbelievable.
0: And he you know he 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 was he is a very good footballer, but it was it was the athletic quality that really pushed him on. And the moment you lose that, I think it diminishes him more than a lot of other players. Um, and again, you know, like he, he's barely played football for so long, and he's walked in a situation that seemed brilliant and perfect for him at the time. And obviously it's transpired not to be because Mourinho, you know, sees him in training for a whole week and clearly doesn't like what he sees in training and won't start him. And I'm sure there's, you know, valid reasons for that. But if you, if you can't start both, if you can't get him into a rhythm, then I don't think you're going to see a huge amount out of him.
1: Are you disappointed? Usually. Um, I think, Every what, do you, what do you think? What do you think would happen? Did, did you did you not see this happening? Did you not see this coming?
0: No, it's what I feared, but yeah, what I optimistically hoped for was you know some sort of eighty percent version of Gareth Bale, where you know maybe I, I think the model everyone compared it to was you know later day Cristiano Ronaldo, where he turned himself almost into this power number nine, you know yeah. a power centre forward, and Bale uh, apparently isn't interested in that. You know, word has come out that his best option clearly right now is is to play as a center forward in the free he's not going to play out wide effectively and it apparently he doesn't want to do that he still wants to play you know to the left or right of the, of the front free and it's not going to work so i think you know what i yeah what i hoped was an effective iconic player coming back to white hart lane and contributing you know enough you go well between Son and Kane and Bale, you know, is there 60 goals there? You know, if he chips in with 12, then
1: that's enough to make the team... How old is he? How old is he? He's 31, I believe. He looks like an old 31 to me. He looks like a very, very old 31. He he does, doesn't he? Because I was about to say that he... um, Could you liken it to Thierry Henry's return at Arsenal when he was like, you know, 37 or whatever it was? No. But actually, it's nowhere near, is it? It's it's nowhere near the, the... brought so much more
0: i mean yeah I, i'm trying to think who it, the The thing it reminds me of uh, in his brilliant autobiography tony Cascarino talks about yeah he played late into his oh, career played, played at Marseille, and there, there's this stunning chapter where he basically says you know i woke up for pre-season training and on the first day within an hour i knew my career was over it was just i it just gone physically I just could not do it anymore. And I kind of suspect that's maybe where you are with Bale. But the issue is, you know, when you're 31, you don't think that that's where you're at in your career. But I, you know,
1: you have to sort of question if that is going to be the case. Grits, Gareth said that he expected or hoped for an 80% Gareth Bale. What percentage Gareth Bale have we got this season?
2: I mean, I wouldn't even put it. As a percentage, I just think he's checked out. Uh, you know, mentally. If you're gonna, if you're gonna put some percentage on it, you're not getting more than fifty percent out of him at the minute, are you? Okay. I mean, he's he's is adequate in terms of just there on the pitch as a presence, but it's not, it's not offering. I mean, it's that old adage: never go back and just don't. You know, what is what could he possibly improve by it? And it was nice for a convenience point of view, but. I think we've said this before as well, when your heart's not in it, exactly what Cascarino was probably alluding to, when you when your heart's not in it, it shows. And the problem is he checked out a long time ago because he'd agreed to go, he's almost on that plane to China. China. And and yeah, then you've yeah. got so if that's where your head's at, you can't you can't bring it back. I mean, the rigors of the Premier League are the the intensity and the pace that you have to play at. But then, you know, if he's going to reinvent himself, well he's not he's half-heartedly done it. It's not that he's he's playing the way that he played I don't know that, interestingly I saw him when he was going through that run when he was first at Spurs I remember watching him play against United and it was that horrible run where you know they just didn't win they had won for ages yeah, but yeah, I think yeah. they'd started to pick up and he was playing left back versus was and they had to take Obertan off at, at half time because he was just getting absolutely just <laughs> destroyed by Bale Bale was unbelievable and it was at that point I was just like this guy, and it's exactly what you two were saying. The physicality of him was the most impressive thing, but his, how hard he worked at being able to strike a ball um, and the power of striking a football. This is the other weird thing I noticed it, in, as you know, as I've diminished in, in terms of playing football less and less and less, the strength in your legs doesn't come from being in the gym. It comes from that explosive power of timing and doing it on the pitch at the very, Top margin that you need to be in, and he just he just doesn't do it anymore. Mark, you're absolutely right. His minutes on the pitch at that sort of intensity, training, you know, he probably he pulls a couple of great finishes out his ass every day, probably. And everyone's like glowing about in the youth team. They're probably all going, oh, it's Gareth Bale. I've trained with Bale. Bale was training with us today, and it's like, no, this is this is a shadow of him. And and I'm sure it's frustrating for him. But there was the acceptance when all of these Real Madrid teammates are taking the piss out of him for just. Boring about playing golf and stuff and then you're like how does that affect the player yeah, do they just yeah, protect yeah. themselves and go well
1: well it seems to be he's the sort of personality that decided i'm just gonna sort of uh hunker down and and, and i don't need put the barriers I'm I'm yeah yeah um which isn't you know it's not a negative thing i'm a huge fan of gareth bale and i also think he's a real leader as we see with wales and we'll see with wales still in the future i'm sure but i just feel like it's uh there's still time for him to, to turn it round, but I just don't see I just don't see it happening. Anyway, let's let's uh, let's stop Gareth feeling uh, ill for a bit, shall <laughs> we, and talk about <laughs> something else. Because what happened with the with, uh, Spurs in midweek against Liverpool was Spurs very good of them. They they let Liverpool be really good again and now Liverpool are <laughs> looking really, really solid. Um Gareth, Liverpool, are they scary again? Has something happened? Something switched? Because I felt like they switched a little bit for about 20 minutes in that United game in the FA Cup. Mm. For 20 minutes, they looked really great and scary and I feel like they've just carried that on now. And the game they played against, um, who did they play yesterday? West West Ham. They just looked devastating at times.
0: Oh, I mean, it was brilliant. It's, when you have three forwards who are as good as theirs when they're on form, I think you only really need almost one of them to hit their top form for Liverpool to be, you know, a real force to be reckoned with. And I do think that if you were to choose one to hit the peak of his powers, it is it is Salah. Um, yeah. I think at his best, maybe just ahead of Mane, he's you know he's unplayable, which is a cliche, but it's true. It's and you know it, it's when he gets into that zone where it's. You know the finishes seem to come completely naturally. It's just like well, I'll put it there. You know, it's yeah. instinctual, um, and you know which, which you know leads us probably to that second goal, um, which you mm-hmm. know as a team goal was absolutely phenomenal. But as the the, the finish itself, it, it's breathtaking, and yeah. you know Salah is um, it, that's been missing for the last sort of year, and it feels like it, he's just found his form at exactly the right time. I mean. He scored—is it five goals now in the last few games? It's he's absolutely rip roaring and interesting that you know Mane was rested, um, and slight injury he's got apparently. Yeah, a slight injury. Yeah, yeah, and I'm sure it is. And you know, Klopp's not going to drop him, but you know, it maybe it's a slightly more harmonious team at this point with Mm. with uh, slightly fewer personalities on the pitch.
1: Yeah, and it's also worth pointing out that this wasn't just. yeah, an average side Liverpool playing against yesterday. This is West Ham, who have been the best version of West Ham we've seen in years. Uh, Gritz, you know more about this than me. Um, talk me through West Ham and why couldn't they contain Liverpool yesterday?
2: Oh, um, it was funny, wasn't it? You, the way that they lined up, you just thought that they had the right bodies on the pitch and the way that they played recently. But you're, you're right, Liverpool have clicked and they found uh, a way. They'll hurt you in moments. They don't hurt you throughout. The game, so West Ham yeah. can feel like they're in it, but those little moments are explosive. And again, you're very totally right. Salah's finish and just the effortless way which which, which he does it. And I, I think there is an element, I think he is a focal point. I think Manny has been; um, he can go through matches and be kind of always. There and, and open, but he becomes another option if he actually pump all the balls to Salah, he's probably going to score more than, um,
1: yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. from that
2: central position. The night wide, and listen, I, I think when they're firing on all cylinders, because for me, it was great again, his link up play for um, uh, for goal was, when Aldham's goals
1: when he was came great. on, yeah, 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 that's I right. I think
2: that I think those those are the those are the ways he's going to have to to flow it. Um, but you know, Liverpool just proved they were too good for them. And let's let's be fair, this West Ham team is built on. I mean, the midfield runners Sušek and, and race have been doing more work than probably any other. They they, they play every minute of every game. You've got yeah. some tired legs out there. Antonio, pff, probably three games in a week was probably too much for uh, you know yeah. the big guy to. These guys will need rests, um, and I think they'll get that now. But
1: um, but yeah, it was just a bridge too far. But I, they, they, they did, did nothing wrong. They did they, West No, they, let, no let's be didn't. fair that they've been they won four on the bounce before this. They're playing against a team that looked like they've got the mojo back, and yep. when they're playing like that. Liverpool are absolutely in the title race. Still, you look at the table now; they're one point off United, who I think they were seven points off a couple yeah, of weeks yeah, ago, yeah, or even exactly. ten days ago. Yeah. Man City are four points clear with the game in the hand, so it's going to be it's going to be tough to get that back. But you wouldn't bet against them. What I would say is about West Ham and anyone playing against Mo Salah. Maybe not a great idea to let him onto his left foot in the box. <laughs> just just putting it out there. We've had about five years of this now, and he every time. He's doing something. He's dropping his shoulder. He 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 goes to the right enough that defenders follow him. Yeah, that's right. You but just, it's it, just it's just so clinical when he gets on that left foot. It's a
2: Darren, Darren Brown trick of the mind. There's nothing he just sometimes just nothing he can do about it. We played. I yeah. remember when I was at Grimsby when we when we went on that decent cup run. We played against managed to beat Spurs in a bit of a kind of. Carlin Cup sort of like one of those Tuesday night games we had Newcastle in the next round and then the manager's going through the team and he's like oh Alan Shearer just just try and keep him off his right and it's like come on it's like <laughs> it's Alan Shearer is going right. to get onto his right foot at some point the ball will be yeah. on his right foot and at, probably within the next second the ball will be in the back of the net and there's not it's an like opportunity you can like do like Everyone yeah, I to say, it's no, Iron
0: he's going to go onto
1: his left foot. Yeah, everyone knows it, but it doesn't he's matter cut if you in, He's cutting. He's shot with his. arrow, it's a go. <laughs> yeah, but he goes on the outside enough that you think, oh, he might get me on the outside, and if he does that, I'm I'm going to be completely squared up and I'm going to be dead. So well, you know, he does it enough times to make you guess, yeah, even though yeah, we yeah. can all see what's going to happen. It's not, it's yeah. not that easy. The, uh, right, the big one. The big, oh, Mark, the on, big one though. The big ones this weekend. Well, next weekend should see
2: Liverpool Man City. I mean, that's the. That that will set the tone, isn't it, coming up? So, I mean, that league match, in terms of yeah. how this is going to look, so maybe our pod next week will probably be a little bit more... When is that? Um, is that Sunday? Informed, yeah, I think so. It's the four oh, o'clock game on
0: Sunday. Seriously, I think it's the
1: game so far. What I like now, we're getting to, to the part of the season where, like every other week, there's a... The biggest game so far this season coming up. I like that. Um, Yeah, that'll be a big one. We'll talk about that at length. Because to be honest, Man City, there's not that much to talk about apart from they are just turning into this winning machine now. Not playing great against Sheffield United even. Just just winning, getting the job done, staying strong at the back. And just shows you, if you've got good defenders, if you've got a good unit of centre-backs specifically and a good keeper... You can grind out results each week. Anyway, that's uh, all we've got time for in this first half. So let's take a break. After the break, we've got loads more to talk about, including uh, Leicester City, who played a uh, one of the best games of the season, I think, with Leeds. Uh, Newcastle get a mention for once. And we'll probably talk <laughs> about Sheffield United in a bit more detail. Uh, all of that after the break.
0: Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike. E-bikes that are cool AF.
1: Welcome back to the Whistleblowers. Uh, Gareth, I want to talk about the Leicester versus Leeds game over the weekend. I thought it was... I thought it was brilliant. It was brilliant. All we talk about is Leeds getting tired, and you know what? Leeds are getting tired. Tired of your shit. And it <laughs> past it. Talk us through Leeds. Talk us through that Leicester game.
0: It was it, it was very impressive. Um, I thought that I mean Patrick Bamford's obviously a, a good play, start with a goal and, and two assists, and he you know he looks so calm and composed, which isn't really something I think Leeds fans attributed to, or fans of the other, was it, 24 clubs he'd played for in his first six years, um, but he, he he's a man changed this year, and you know, maybe it's an experience thing, maybe certain things have come together, you know, his finish for his goal was absolutely superb, it was nails, it oh, was valuable. beautiful.
2: Beautiful, uh, he's the big easy, he's the big easy, I tell you, I love him, he's beautiful. just, he's always been, I think he's always been really graceful as a striker, and like, had that touch, he's just had managers that, that he annoyed more than not because he just seems to have this kind of indifference or certainly this kind of posh boy reputation, which is bizarre. Really.
1: Posh uh, boy I went to my school. Come on, not a posh boy. Well, there you go. Exactly that. You know, he's just well-mannered. It's well-mannered. Exactly.
2: The Mark Smith of Mark Smith of football. You know, you, you coming down and m- messing with the pros like us. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Trying and get an earring and think you're cool. Do you know what I mean? But I think
1: there is something to this though. There is something to this. I, I think he <laughs> has been just, he t- He's been too nice. For his career, and I mm. think you want your strikers to have that bit of edge. It's like uh, Jose says in the uh, the um, documentary, isn't it? They, they want more C words on the pitch. Get a lot of bastards in your team. That's what you want, and that's what Bamford's no, got. He's got not that edge Nice now. C
0: words, horrible C words. That's the problem. Yeah, it Spurs with nice C words, right? Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but that's, but it's the point. It's all of nonsense. All you need is a manager that isn't threatened by someone being slightly less than. Aggie, it's it's a, it's a, it's such a weird thing that managers get themselves sort of caught up in. It's like oh, no, I, I need no, you don't. If you've got the balls to play someone that has clearly has the ability, Gareth, you absolutely spot on that like his finish, the left foot to make it fade away, to get it up and over. Mm. It's just one of those gorgeous ones. You try them in training, but you just wouldn't have the balls to do it. a game. you're like, oh, if I just left this at the wrong height, you'd probably just aim for the bottom corner. Maybe it'd be, be better, but everything's set up right the way the ball that came to him, that he could just get that extra whip on it. It was gorgeous.
1: Yeah, And, um, yeah, yeah, really I, I really,
2: and the timing of that first pass, he did, I mean, like, if you if you play a computer game, it's even hard to do it in the, the quick enough time to be able to just get it, play it through, perfect weight. And he did it just like effortlessly. I think his... Um, Laid-back sort of affable sort of you know personality suits him, especially in the Leeds team. It might not, it might not suit. You know, he wouldn't go to West Brom and help them dig them out of the bottom of the league, but it will certainly yeah. work. He's a that's exactly on the, the point, head. isn't it?
1: That's why it hasn't necessarily happened at other clubs. I mean, he was at Derby yeah. for a while as well, at Forest as a as a kid. It just hasn't really quite clicked. But he's just got the right. He's at the right manager. He's at the right team. It's 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 yeah. brilliant to watch. And that first assist, grits you're right, that ball he plays through for um, Stuart Dallas. It's sort of. It leaves Dallas in no doubt as to what his finish should be. Exactly. Yep. And that is what is perfect about that assist. It's like everyone can see what that first that that is what's going to happen. Everyone can see that's the way he's going to take it because the ball's set on a plate like that for him. Um, let's talk about uh, Leicester. On the other hand, they weren't they weren't so good in that game. But it was it could have been anyone's game really. For large parts of it, um, they travel to Fulham next, then to Wolves, and then Liverpool at home. Um, are we going to see Leicester collapse again, like we did back end of last season, um, albeit you know post lockdown? Or do you think they've got more uh, more strength, more fortitude in the squad this time? If we look at the table, they're four points clear of West Ham. They are six clear of Spurs, uh, but Spurs have got a game in hand. And Chelsea under Tuchel will surely now progress. Leicester top four still, Gareth?
0: Potentially, uh, just because none of the other clubs around them are really pushing. I I guess Chelsea fans might be optimistic that with, with Tuchel involved, that Chelsea can go on a run. Even Arsenal might now be, you know, fancy themselves for pushing on. But I think Leicester might be the most consistent set of all those teams. I don't think that, you know, their opportunity to really push on and kind of cement a top three position may have gone. It, you know, you suspect that, it will be some combination of Liverpool, Man City Manchester United who will clean those up. So they're going to find themselves, like the last few years, being like one of four or five teams, you know, pushing late on for the Champions League positions. But if they get it, they'll be happy. I mean, the question's going to come down to how much more are they ever going to expect? And, you know, the yeah. fact that we're sitting here talking about, you know, perennial Champions League contenders, Leicester is phenomenal, right? I think. what What, what a club. Yeah, it, they're still underrated. I, I, people still seem surprised each year that they're a top four team, and that that includes me. You know, I, I, I'm not a big fan of Brendan Rodgers, but as a club infrastructure-wise, they seem to hit all all their big transfer gambles. You know, T-Elemans, obviously you're a huge fan, uh, Mark, but it's you know they they seem to get those right, and you know they're they're eking out the last. The last drops of quality from those perennials who've been there for a long time. You know, people like people like Vardy and and so forth. And you know, Johnny Evans is on his fifth club as a stalwart. I think he's ninety six now, um, yes, but he doesn't seem to be diminished too much. And yeah, the other one who, who's been been very good is Fofana, who's you know one of the signings of the season. Certainly in that category of you know not as splashy as others, but has really come good. So.
1: And he was you at the team as well, which is which is last season's golden boy.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. And it's I, I think less fans, you know, probably are very happy with where they are. But all all football fans, you know, very quickly start looking upwards. You know, they're like, well, how do we do better? We we should do What's better. It, it's a huge question for for Rodgers. I think he was brought in because they thought that he could do that. But I don't know quite how you do that.
1: Um. I mean, there are a few teams, uh, with the games in hand situation, it makes the table look a bit uh, wonky, doesn't it? Because you look at Everton and Villa, they've only played 19 games. They've got two games in hand on Leicester. And they're only, what are they, six and seven points off. So, you know, anything can happen. Villa looked great against Southampton um, at the weekend. Everton looked really poor against Newcastle. Now, Newcastle are an interesting one, aren't they? That was probably their best performance this season. Gritz, did you see that game? Yeah, did
2: um, yeah, and I was pleased. I was pleased for them to be honest. I think it's um, they've been they've been on the receiving end of some, you know, just just a, a pretty much dreadful run of form. Everton's a team that perhaps they no one expected them to go there and um, produce the performance that they did. Callum Wilson gets him back on the score sheet. I think a lot of people thought that you know he's been having a good season but just been out of form, and he was going to click at some point and come back and. Yeah. Uh, lo and behold, it's it, you know it's it's it, it's a return to Newcastle for form.
1: Yeah, and so maximum came off the bench and. and- such a positive impact. And I think having him back and and firing, I think yes. Steve Bruce said in the week that he is their Jack Grealish. I wouldn't go that far, but I definitely, I know what he means. He's someone who can make something. You, you, you know definitely me. wouldn't. I mean, that's, okay. that's, a, that's a sacrilege. Sacrilegious
0: with, statement. With, <laughs> with Newcastle, we, you know, you mentioned earlier, you know, how exciting is that you have these kind of seemingly huge games every week now. And the way that Steve Bruce was talking about this victory, it was you know, the biggest win of the season. It meant so much. It, it, you know, it felt like somewhere between, you know, stopping the rut and the ultimate turning point. Um, You know, they hadn't won in nine games. They hadn't won since, I think, it was in November. Um, you know, they have been missing a lot of big players. And even just by winning, winning this, it, you know, it just felt that everything had changed and, you know, the pressure's off. We'll see if the pressure is off because, um, you know, it's... You know, Newcastle is a place where the pressure is always on soon enough. But if yeah, they can look at the table and say, you know what, if we get a couple of wins, then we're going to be sitting nicely mid table again. There's, you know, from 14th down to 17th, there's this kind of group of slightly stranded teams who probably aren't going to get relegated, but they're beginning to look upwards and say, well, we feel a little bit adrift here. So, um, yeah, I think that that lower sixth, of the tables, you know, it's where it's going to start shaking out, and the yeah, teams
1: who yeah. start the bad run now could potentially be really in trouble. Yeah, possibly. But I'm looking at it now, and I feel like the bottom three this That's, weekend seems to it, have just they've just cut adrift a little bit. That that Brighton win against your boys, you know, that that really seems to have uh, put some light between them. Sheffield United on eight point. points, West Brom on twelve, Fulham on fourteen. Then above them, you know, it's a seven point it's a seven point gap. Newcastle are eight points clear of relegation, whereas ten days ago we were saying anything could happen. Um, so I feel like Newcastle should should be safe. Mental to talk about it now. Twenty-one games played, but I feel like they've got enough. They've gotten over this. Hopefully, gotten over this COVID problem with the club. They've got players back and firing and fit. And for their sake, I hope that they're out of it and they can start playing a bit better now and, and see that as a good a good totem of the season. That win at Everson. Um But that I mean, that's it, isn't it? Surely that's the bottom three done. Sheffield United. Sheffield United,
2: done. Hard to, yeah, I mean, Sheffield United, West Brom it's hard to see that changing, Fulham West Brom being an interesting uh, example because you know for West Brom to, to claw themselves back into that game, they were dreadful yeah. Um, yeah. and they have got some good players that, I mean, they just come off the back of a whooping from Man City, it's hard to see, and, and the whole focus is just on Big Sam, this nonsense where it's like, oh, that, that's going to be a factor, it's like, well it's not really, and the factor is uh, you've got a Better players, and you've got to be playing cohesively. And you know, they've just not been anywhere near it, have they? So, um, you're absolutely no, right. Seven points might be a, a gap. Um, mentally,
1: is, you can do the arithmetic, but physically, it's a brutal I can't league, though, it. isn't it? Yeah, can't see it. It's a brutal league. You, you've, had to, you've had to have a team of Leeds's quality with a world class manager to come in to to get a newly promoted side and keep them safe. And safe, you know, with honours. They've been better than just safe. They've been fantastic. But otherwise, it's three teams that you may probably have picked at the start of the season, I think. Maybe it's not Sheffield United, but within a few weeks, it became clear that they were going to struggle a bit more this year. Sheffield United's next game is West Brom. I mean, is it a six-pointer, or does it just not matter? I mean, it's, it doesn't matter because they're, they're not making up ground on anyone. I mean, like, no. you know, the, the,
2: it feels like, you know, they'll make ground up on each other, but that's about it. I mean, there's four teams above, Brighton, Burnley, Newcastle, Wolves, even Palace. They're all teams that can beat anyone in this league and have done and haven't been out of form. So it just shows you how brutal it has been, you know, Newcastle coming off the back of it. Wolves haven't won for, you know... Uh, yeah. a while but at the same time these are teams that you're like I wasn't really ever in any doubt of their Premier League status you know that they would be fight scrapping it out but they'd have enough to get them out of it whereas I mean yeah, I feel sorry for Fulham because they did put together a few good performances once they got yeah, this, the bodies in um, and I like the way they play but the club they're under no illusions I'm sure they're set up to deal with the championship season next year
1: Yeah and I think it might be you mentioned this last week or maybe it was Gareth um, there's, there's teams that are going to go down and but they just want to go down with enough uh, credit in the bank that we know that the manager will be safe and can bring them back up again. Scott Parker fits into that category, and I yeah. think now Chris Wilder is trying to just make sure he he can do that as well. Because let's be realistic, what manager can come in and 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 do do a better job at Sheffield United? I don't think there's really anyone. Uh, right, let's let's um let's wrap up. I want to talk about the United Arsenal game. This is now a, a, a quite a few nil nils United have been involved in this season, particularly in the higher profile games. Uh, Gareth. Was that a fun nil nil? Did you enjoy that one?
0: It was reasonable. I'm I'm struggling to remember sort of any key moments. I think from my side, I, I was probably actually more disappointed with with Arsenal, given that you know they're they're on a, a fairly lengthy unbeaten Premier League run now, and they had a uh, you know they've got some exciting forms. I think losing Saka for the game with the with the hip injury uh, was an issue. You know Pepe, who comes in instead, is not playing to the same level. He um, did okay though, I thought. He yeah, he yeah, he did fine. Not not Saka levels. Quite not yeah, not quite where where, where Saka is. Um Manchine I seem to have you know, I think Solskjaer maybe isn't sure what his best front three is. I get the impression he's desperate to involve Cavani, which is totally understandable and is would be my uh my desire as well. But you know, there is something about the thrust you get with that combination of uh, of Marshall
1: and and Rashford, um, which I think right, really well look, Gareth, you brought up Martial. I have I've stuck up for that man for a long time, and I think I'm out. I think I'm out. I think after that <laughs> Chef United game, you know, it wasn't just one player, it wasn't just one performance. It was a really poor show against Sheffield United for Martial, and I think that might affect him. I think it was bad enough that it might affect his chances of getting in that team for a little while now. Oh, I was um, about three years ago. I think he's never <laughs> going to be... <laughs> Jose, Jose, was he, right yeah. Jose, Jose was right. Yeah. Jose was Well, no, Jose on. wasn't right, because last season, Martial scored 24 goals in all competitions, 17 in the league. He looked like he was great, and as Gary Neville said, looks like he tricked everybody. He tricked everyone. He made us all think, oh, yeah, get all your money on Martial, because this guy's going places. But he's back to the same marsh. Yeah, the guy cannot hold up a football. The guy now, whenever he plays a five-yard ball, it's it's in hope. It's completely in hope more than any sort of authority. It's difficult to watch, man, because you know he's obviously a top-class footballer. You don't get to that position without being it. But you can't, if you're not mentally there. You know, you know what it's like, Grits. If you've not scored a goal in a few games or you're just playing badly, you definitely know about it, right?
2: So you know the 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 thing there was a piece the guarded piece about like kind of players and their mentality with and without fans and that added extra i don't know if there's something to be said of those players that play on out wide that are generally closest to the fans throughout the game and how it affects them because sometimes that can uh, that added urgency or impetus i mean i might be talking absolute nonsense but he strikes me as someone that always liked the you know again we said this about him he walks up to opponents and then tries to beat them with a better tricker or he moves it on yeah. and gets a good strike. You know, he's not consistent, well, he's not been consistent after this season and, you know, um it's crazy to say this because he's still young and you're absolutely right, he's had an off-season. Um, Man United should have enough and Oli should be good enough to know when these players need resting or if they're not proving themselves as you're absolutely right, he might need to sit it out for a couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, but the other thing is the stand-up moment, I know, Gareth, you didn't have any from that game, but for me, it was the Cavani um Chance miss what are we calling it? Yeah. The one that he the, couldn't the quite open his foot up enough. The, no, yeah. not that one. The, the the I thought that one couldn't was couldn't get it
2: round. Like, yeah, couldn't get it round yeah. the post. He was at the nearest deck, that one.
1: Yeah, the one where he couldn't quite open his foot open enough to, to, yeah. to put it further away. But it, it I don't know, man. That looked, if that was Martial, I'd be uh, I'd have led I'd have led the podcast with that I'd have like audio <laughs> from it interviews from witnesses. Which the lot.
2: You, interestingly, they're saying you know the reading some of the uh, what journalists are saying about um, Fernandez getting. Getting a wee kick on him, do you know what I mean? Like you've got Xhaka and uh, Suarez, is it Suarez? Cedric basically was, they were getting into him a bit and just kind of winding him up, and it really affected him. And and it's it's interesting hearing that those sort of things are, you know, that must be a directive passed down, either yeah, by yeah. you know in the change rooms they're
0: going, we know that he can be got at. So um, you know, interesting seeing those mind games too. Bigger bigger picture, my I think my. Overall criticism of of the game was actually the the of both managers, who both at the end seemed to be relatively satisfied with mm. with a draw. Uh, you know, Solskjaer yeah. came out with a, a a line about oh, it's like it's like the NBA. You know, we're on the road again on Tuesday, and it's like well, in the NBA they play eighty games, you're, you're playing forty yeah. sharp. But um, and it was almost like the he had it ready. Court, though. He wasn't quite expecting a top performance, so it was like yeah, a draw fine. We'll get out. Yeah, we'll keep uh, you yeah, know, obviously they they lost the prior game, so maybe getting back on on that streak was or you know, off a losing yeah. situation was important. It would, have probably a, probably would have been a good
1: result? If if they'd beaten Sheffield United it would have been probably a good result that one yeah. away at Arsenal. But, but who knows? to drop four points when you're you know, chasing the top of the table in, in
0: a week is you know, is a is a big deal.
1: Yep. Definitely. Right, that's all we've got time for this week, gents. Thank you very much for being on. And, and here we go. I've had, a, uh, I've had a text here from a friend of mine, a fellow Derby County supporter. This sums up transfer deadline day better than anything else. He just says, quite simply, the Zimbabwean is coming. Okay, so <laughs> find out who that is. I've got no idea what he's talking about. I hope it's football, otherwise I look quite the fool. Uh, Gareth Dobson, thanks for joining me. Martin thanks Gritton, so thanks for joining me. We'll be back same time, same place next week on The Whistleblowers.